Hey, y'all. This is Sam. And this is Steven. And welcome to Crimology. This is episode 10. Um, we are here, the big 10. Um, of course, like always, we want to thank you guys for listening and coming back. Um, we're still having so much fun. Steven just said before we press play about how we feel good and um, how we're in a good mood. And so that's just how... First off, I mean, that's what happens when you record with one of your best friends is you're always in a good mood. hey <laughs> Um, But then also, this is just so much fun and you keep having fun. Um, but yeah, we're having so much fun. Um, I think we have added about 100 plays. Like last week, I talked about how on our Anchor app, it tells us how many plays we have um, in total with all of our episodes. And so last week we had hit 500 right now at this current time, we have 595. So we almost have gotten a hundred plays in a week, which is super cool. Um, and so just thank you guys for listening. Even if you're listening twice to an episode, trying to boost our confidence, it's working. <laughs> um, but just again, like always, we just want to thank you. Um, Big things are coming, and we're having fun, and so, um, yeah, that's our my little intro. Um, so now we're going to get started with the episode. This week, we're talking about the kidnappings of Ariel Castro. This man, um, he was a school bus driver in Cleveland, Ohio. He kidnapped three girls and held them captive for many years and um the um, number of years we'll talk about each girl and how long she was taken but these numbers of these girls is what kind of drew me to this case because the number is ridiculous so uh, the girls we're going to be talking about their names are amanda berry gina de jesus and michelle knight uh these girls they were kidnapped between the years 2002 and 2004 Amanda was 16 when she was taken, Gina was 14, and Michelle was 21. This is where it gets crazy. Michelle was kept in Castro's home for 11 years, Amanda for 10 years, and Gina for 9 years. Whoa. That's that's a long time just for anything in general. Literally. But to be held captive in somebody's house, that's just, that's wild. <sighs> I mean, so that alone, those numbers is what drew me to this case. Um, every case that we've had, I have this story of how I came to this case, and I'm not really sure where I found this case from. I gave my sister a shout out last episode because the case that we talked about came from my sister. And when I talked to her about this case, she claims that it's from her too. So that might be true or that might just be her wanting a shout out and I just gave it to her. Um, but the the numbers of this episode is what drew me to this. Um, so now we're going to talk about each girl specifically and talk about their story and how they ended up in Castro's home. And we're going to go in order of the one that was in longest to shortest amount of time. So first we're going to be talking about Michelle. She was the first to go missing now, Michelle had a hard childhood, and she ran away from home often. At the time she was missing, she was in a relationship with an older guy. 
she ends up getting pregnant has the baby and then she decides she's got to be you know you've got to be an adult you've got to go get a job so she left the baby at home with her mom and her mom's boyfriend she goes out to try to find a job while she's gone the mother's boyfriend grabbed the baby by his knee and fractured it so now at the hospital social services took the baby and put him into the foster care so now michelle is trying to get to go to court to get custody of her baby and so she's due for a meeting about the case involving her baby but she's having a hard time finding the address of the place she needs to go to so she goes to a dollar general to ask for help um and this is when castro walks into the store michelle notices castro because he's the father to one of her friends so Castro says he knows exactly where this building is and says he can take her there. So she gets in the car with him and he ends up, they, you know, they start a conversation. He ends up saying, my daughter is at the house. Would you, do you want to go see her? And she's like, sure. Yeah, let's go see her. So they head in that direction. He ends up taking her on the tour of the house, takes her into the basement, ties her to a pole in the middle of the room. He places a motorcycle helmet on her head and then ends up playing loud music on a radio so no one could hear her um, when she screamed for help. You know, talk so, you know, a lot of time on, on our podcast, we talk about how kind of like the planning parts of this. Right. That's pretty brilliant of how he thought of that, of just like, okay, we're sticking a, you know, because, and, you know, when I, you know, hear motorcycle helmet, I'm thinking of, you know, the full face with the yep. with the K or with yep. the face face shield whatever I, it's yeah, called. I guess what they're called um and then playing the music too i mean you, you kind of see that in the movies and kind of right, stuff like but that not but in real life. Yeah, yeah so i mean so clearly he kind of already had an idea of what he was going to do right and the fact i mean spoiler alert we see a trend Ooh. that each girl is taken because he, they know castro is their friend's father so like also using that to his advantage of saying you know who my daughter is so you want to come by the house so we see that that's a trend and that's how he gets them to come to the house so yeah this guy oh, is yeah he uses it to his advantage that that almost seems kind of like a uh this is like an episode of criminal minds almost right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um because michelle was known for running away often no one even knew she was missing, which is what's wild about this episode or this uh, about Michelle in general is when she didn't show up to her court hearing, everyone just figured she had decided to run away. Um, so during her time with Castro, literally no one even knew she was missing. Like nobody knew anything, which I think is just wild yeah, about crazy. her story in particular. Um Another spoiler alert, the girls escaped the house. So when Michelle is escaped and she's in one of her first interviews, she said she felt like Castro hated her more than any of the other girls because she spoke up the most. So out of all of the other girls, Michelle got the most physical abuse from Castro in the house. So during her time, and this is sad, but during her time with Castro, Miss Michelle got pregnant five different times, and each time Castro did whatever he had to do to end the pregnancy. So, 
um, after the girls were kidnapped and sent to the hospital, Michelle was bad, so badly beaten that when doctors looked at her, they told her she was only days away from dying because of how badly she was treated in the house. So it's not only just something that she's like, he hates me because I speak my mind because there's people who don't like me because I speak my mind. So, you know, it's not just this, okay, he's pointing to himself, whatever. Um, <laughs> so it's not just, you know, I'm not rolling over and just letting you win. It, I mean, it's proven that Michelle almost died because of right. how badly she's treated. So Michelle in general not saying that one of these girls' stories is worse than the other, but Michelle went through it. Goodness gracious. Well, and especially with her being there for a year longer than... Yeah, everybody else. Or, yeah, a, a, right. yeah, over a year for some. But, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a, that's one way to go about things. And that's, nobody knows you're gone. Let, her story is just wild. This definitely we're we're getting criminal minds territory. <laughs> right. Um okay, now we're going to talk about Amanda. Amanda was kidnapped about 8 months after Michelle, the day before Amanda turned 17. So happy birthday. <laughs> that was a sick joke. I'm sorry I take it wow. back. <laughs> um Amanda was walking home from work when Castro pulls up next to her, just like Michelle, and we see this in a trend. Amanda recognized Castro as being her friend's father. So he pulls up next to her, offering her a ride home. And then on the way home, just says, you know, have you seen my daughter lately? And she's like, no, I haven't seen her in a long time. So he's like, yeah, I'll take you over to the house. So then they get to the house and Castro gives her a tour of the house. Now, during this tour, Amanda said they passed by a room where there was a hole in the door that you could see into the room. And she said she saw a girl laying on a mattress watching TV. Castro ends up telling her that that was one of her one of his roommates. It turns out that that was actually Michelle. So she doesn't know it yet, but she's getting a little glimpse of what she's now going to be experiencing for the next Goodness. 10 years. Can, I, I mean, I couldn't even imagine that, like, going back through, you know, not knowing that and then however you know, however long before she's right. quote unquote officially kidnapped. I mean, she already is at this point, I guess, right. but yeah. like actually being held captive there, be like, Oh, I should have ran like, <laughs> like 30 minutes ago. Right. I should have, should have seen that. Um, after the tour of the house, um, he ends up bringing Amanda into a different room and ends up locking her in that bedroom. So, again, different from Michelle, when Amanda didn't come home after work, her family immediately started looking for her. So, Amanda said in her interview that she did after she was uh, captured, was, or escaped, sorry, was that she saw her family often on the TV and that her family ended up giving her hope. She said as long as they would, were willing to fight to find her, she was willing to fight to stay alive. So Amanda went even a step further. She requested a journal that she could write in um, each day. So Castro brings her this journal, and she wrote in this journal every single day. Um, I don't know exactly what she wrote in this, this journal. I honestly didn't research the journal as much as I should have. 
I'm guessing that you're you're not writing details of what's going on every single day be, with the fear that Castro would come in and read it and be like, yeah, no, you're not, you know. So I don't, I don't know, you know. Yeah, you're not. You don't have this journal anymore, right? But something clever she did was at the top of each page for each day, there's a little number at the top. This was the amount of times she was raped by Castro that day. So she did this because she hoped that at some point, whether she escaped or something happened, that this journal would be found and that Castro would be charged for every single crime he committed. So shout out to this girl because that is so smart and something that I would have never thought of. Um, I did see pictures of the journal. So again, the fact that I didn't read anything is surprising to me. But like some of these pages had four, three, five. So like the number is ridiculous. But the fact that you're smart enough to think this through and I mean, it ultimately helps in their case. I mean, they don't really, you know, not that they need help in this case because. Right. But. The, so, I mean, it works in their favor that they take this journal and they end up counting up all the times and he gets charged for every single one of those attempted rapes. So, hand claps to this girl because she's so smart. Um, then Amanda announces that she's pregnant. This time, however, again, different from Michelle, Castro was going to let her keep the baby. So on Christmas morning of 2006, Amanda goes into labor. Castro ends up, ends up bringing Michelle into Amanda's room and tells her to help deliver the baby. Um, I don't know for sure if this is the first time that Michelle is made aware that there's another woman in the house. Obviously, Amanda already knows that there's another girl in the house because she has seen uh, Michelle through the door. So Amanda already knows there's another girl. But I'm not 100% sure if this is the first time Michelle knows that Amanda's in the house. But now it's obviously clear that there is. And I think this is probably the first time that Michelle sees the kind of division between her and the other girls and how they're different because she didn't get to keep any of her babies, but Amanda gets to keep hers. Um, but Castro ends up later bonds with the baby even bringing the child out of the house with him and around town telling people it was his girlfriend's baby Goodness. so i mean he ends up creating this relationship with this kid um and that's just wild in and of itself i pr i think when you read articles about the three of them i think he probably was uh, i don't more interested in Amanda, if I can say that, than the other girls. Um, I think details of she did get to keep her baby, and he does create that bond with the baby instead of just saying, yeah, you can keep it, but like, don't let me see it kind of thing. So I think he maybe have favored Amanda a little bit than the other girls, but just the fact that you're, you have this girl up in your house that you're keeping captive, but you're like, but I want to bond with that baby. Like, <laughs> I want to <laughs> hang out with that baby. Um, but anyways, uh, weird. Okay, now moving to the last girl, Gina. Gina was kidnapped a few minutes after being with Castro's daughter, Arlene. Just a few minutes after hanging out with her. 
So the two girls left school. They go somewhere and they call Ar- they call Arlene's mom to ask if she could go to Gina's house. Her mom said no, so the girls split off to head in different directions. Just a few minutes after this encounter happens, Castro pulls up next to Gina and asks if she's seen his daughter. She's like, yeah, he's, she's just around the block there. And he's like, would you mind coming and help me look? She's like, yeah, no problem. So they drive around a little bit. They don't find her. So then he says, well, let's just go to the house and see if she's there. Again, to trend. So they end ding. up in the house. Ding, ding, ding. Right. And then he ends up taking Gina ties her and locks her in the basement. So no one witnesses Gina's kidnapping and an Amber alert was never sent out, which angered the family because, and this was a big thing with the Amber alert was that at first she was considered a runaway. So the Amber alert wasn't sent out immediately. Um, And so this was a big thing that kind of happened with the Amber Alert people um, was that it wasn't sent out as soon as Gina was missing. Um, I honestly, I don't know how much it would have helped. I don't know how far, you know, she was from Castro's house. Um, but maybe if it was sent out earlier, people would have been on the lookout earlier. Um But anyways, Gina's story was featured in the America's Most Wanted, which linked her to Amanda. Just people were now looking at both of their stories, seeing things that were similar. So now the city is looking at this as the same person has both of these girls. Um, And again, Michelle, nobody knows that Michelle is missing. So they don't even know that she's one of the three. So... Castro even joined in on some searches for Gina, and he tried to get close to Gina's family during the time. But when the girls were rescued and Castro was questioned, he claimed he had no idea that Gina was part of the De Jesus family when he kidnapped her. So I've even seen things as far as they were friends beforehand. I mean, obviously, Gina is friends with Castro's daughter. So that makes it clear that they're not clear that their families were friends, but you know, he at least knew who she right. was. Yeah. So then you're like, no, I didn't know you were that family. But it, so anyways, this is just him trying to dig out of the hole as much as possible. But um, also the fact that you can then steal this daughter, but then act like you're trying to help find her anyways. So, on May 6th, 2013, Castro leaves his house to head out for the day, but he didn't lock the inside door, although the outside screen door was locked. So, Amanda was the one to find that the door was unlocked. However, she thought Castro was testing her because he did this before, and he ended up beating her when she tried to run away. So, instead of trying to open the door... Amanda just yells at neighbors passing by for help. They end up kicking a hole in the door, and then Amanda and her now six-year-old crawl out of the hole that was made. And then after this, all of the girls were found, and Castro was obviously arrested. So on May 8, 2013, Castro was charged with four counts of kidnapping and three counts of rape. 
he pled guilty to 937 criminal counts of rape. So going back to that journal, it did help. And he ends up doing, he ends up getting charged for every single count of rape. He's uh, charged for kidnapping and aggravated murder and sentenced to consecutive sentences. um, Sorry. Sentenced to consecutive sentences of life in prison plus a thousand years without possibility of parole. So, so in short, he's not going to get out of prison. You're not getting out ever. Um, but unfortunately, Castro ends up hanging himself after only serving a month of his sentence. <laughs> so, um, when he's caught, he even admits that he didn't have an exit strategy. Um, I mean, would. Right. I mean, how is there even an exit strategy with this? I mean, it's just like, all right, we're we've kidnapped these three girls. One of them has the baby now. Like, there's what now? What do we do now? Yeah, what do we do now? <laughs> we just stick I, it out, right? I think that I don't think you ever think, how do I get out of this? Like, how do I get out of kidnapping? I mean, there's probably other crimes that you can probably you right. know you find your exit strategy. You find your your exit buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but this one, I, I don't see it working out for you. I don't think there's a, I mean, there might be, I mean, you'd really have to probably think it out. I mean, really without, obviously without going to the next step, which would be murder. Right. That's really probably your only way of, but I mean, man, that's just a. Uh, so, I mean, he, he does, he was like, he, I mean, he does say he thought he was going to get caught the whole time. Um, he even has a little suicide note where he describes the kidnappings and he even writes in there that all of his money and his belongings should go to the girls. So, I mean, wow. I guess he kind of does have, at some point, he does have maybe remorse or <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's an, it's an oh crap moment right, right. there. Oh, Oh, he's like i want to have parties at my house and i can't because i have these three girls over i want to have my friends over right. but i can't kidnap these girls i want to have the baby now right um at some point castro's son is interviewed and he even says that like there were parts of the house that they weren't allowed in that there were random doors that were locked and that, you know, when they kind of asked, he was just like, you know, that's my area. You don't go in there. So the son was already like, yeah, my dad was a weirdo, but right. turns out, yeah, your dad was a weirdo. <laughs> well, when you, when you first handed this one to me and I was looking through it and I was like, okay, this one, okay. And then the, you know, the more we got into it, it was like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about this. Yeah. It is. It's not one of those. I mean, because you know, I was. This is the first one that you've known about. Well, not not the <laughs> not first really, one, but... but the first ones. I mean, it was one of those. It was like the light bulb. It didn't instantly appear on, right. but it was. It dimly. It was like on. a like you know like one the fader lights. lights where it was just like <laughs> barely coming up, and so this is. I mean, heck, I was you know very young when this first started happening, but I mean, I was in college whenever it whenever he got arrested so this was kind of the first ones that i've not you know not known about fully but but heard about but it. i've yeah, right. heard about it so it's it's crazy to me that you know that 
that he kept Michelle for 11 years. 11 years. years. And no one really knew that she was gone. I mean, to me, that's just, I mean, that's when you get the chicken skin of like, like, dude, you're gone for 11 years and nobody knows. And nobody even knew. And then you come out of this house. Oh. (laughs) And they're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, you're still around. Okay. Um, So, funny story. (laughs) And so, (laughs) But yeah. yeah, I mean, and. You know, there's, I'm not trying to make light of this at all, but, you know, with it being sports season and me loving sports, uh, give the MVP award to Amanda. (laughs) Uh, Right. Because, I mean, man, I mean, she's the one that, I mean, really, it's, it's really all on her that they were able to get out. Right. I mean, there was one dumb move by him, but like she said. After 11 years, I'm. I'm surprised you didn't have a dumb move sooner. I mean, obviously oh, you yeah. did, and, but it was a test. But like, eleven years. I mean, there are many times that I've lived in my house for a year and I've left my door unlocked many times on accident. Um, so the fact that you go eleven years without missing a beat is wild in and of itself. Well, and and I'm a very methodical person of, and I have a very much a routine, right? And, you know, probably after the first, you know, three years, I was like, okay, got to keep this girl here, this mm-hmm. one here, this one here. I mean, he probably had a right, mental checklist of things of, okay, got to do this, 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 got to lock this door, got to lock that door, this and that, da, da, da. I guess so, that's maybe why I leave my door unlocked is because I don't have three girls that I keep up there. Yeah, my three cats. Your three but... cats, yeah. <laughs> um, But, yeah, just 11 years. I mean, I... I I almost said I haven't done anything for 11 years, but I guess I, I've been alive for You've 24, been alive, yeah. so, but 11 years to do anything is just wild. Especially that consecutively. To keep someone hidden for 11 years. To keep three oh. people hidden at that, golly, yeah, so that's, this is one that just, the more that you kind of hear the story and the more we kind of just sit here and talk to <laughs> let you all digest this and us ramble. It's just the more it's just. This is... I, I feel like some when you have kidnapping stories where multiple people are involved, you don't try to be like, oh, well, this person was only kept for this long. Yeah. But this is one of those stories that like 11 years, 10 years, nine years. So it's not even like you can say, oh, well, that girl was only missing for two weeks right. or, you know, they were missing 11 to 9 years. Like, that's a ridiculous amount of time. So, it's not like you can even say, oh, she was just missing for 9 years. At least it wasn't 11. Like, that's still 9 years. Yeah, that's still... And also, I mean, that's, you know, 9 years of your life that you're not going to get back to. It's like, all right, well, gotta somehow make up this time. And then all of the therapy you've got to go through, I couldn't imagine. But... Goodness gracious. What a Sam, what a great episode you've <laughs> picked for number ten. Thanks. Um, but yeah, episode ten. So that's it. Um, so now we're going to take a second and talk about our sponsor for this episode and then do our Florida Man segment. All right, now we are going to do our Florida Man segment. This is a segment where we Google the words Florida man along with a random date and we do nothing, but I do nothing but giggle of what Steven comes up with. So, you know, we talked about this last week. Sam had the choice between, you know, t- two or three different ones. Um, 
so this was number two. Um, as always, I you know I always like to ask you a question, Sam. So if you are going to protect yourself, okay. like so, say you're getting robbed or something or whatever, okay. and you had a assortment of knives basically something to stab the person with okay what are you going to use a knife a knife a knife (laughs) okay good um (laughs) is that it did i answer right thanks internet no uh so this story comes to us from july 11th 2018 um it's off the the us but this is brought to you by reuters um our our segment reads, man, I'm going to have a hard time with this one. <laughs> Florida man with no arms <laughs> charged with stabbing man with scissors. <laughs> yeah, good one. Wow. All I, right, <laughs> here we go. Uh, man, I, I laughed a lot at this one. <laughs> and it, it takes a little bit, a little turn at the end, but here we go. So, a 46-year-old homeless man with no arms was arrested in Miami Beach, Florida for stabbing another man with a pair of scissors using his feet. Florida native Jonathan Crenshaw stabbed a 22-year-old Chicago man twice with the scissors before running away, according to Miami Beach PD. So, he stabbed him. Oh, we're going to get into more stuff, but we're going we're gonna to stop right here for a second. So, he stabbed him with his feet. Twice. With his, twice. In the arm. And then he ran away. <laughs> I didn't even catch that one. <laughs> uh, so, wow. Cr- Crenshaw, he's a, he's a local fixture known for painting colorful, colorful works of art with his feet, according to local media reports. Um, he was subsequ- subsequently detained near the attack in a in a shopping touristy area uh, near South Beach, and he was charged with one count of aggravated battery, which is a second-degree felony, police said. Uh, Crenshaw, who told the police he acted in self-defense. Uh, he was being held at Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center in Miami. Um, the victim, named Caesar Coronado, uh, was admitted to a local hospital bleeding from his left arm, police said. Uh, he and a female friend who was present with Coronado asked Crenshaw. So Coronado asked Crenshaw for directions and was attacked. Um, Crenshaw said he was lying down when Coronado approached and then proceeded to punch him. Police added, uh, police said there was no indications that Crenshaw was under influence of drugs or alcohol at the time of the incident. Um, it is, you know, it's noted that Crenshaw has an extensive criminal past, including battery of law enforcement officers, according to Miami Beach PD. So, yeah, episode segment 10 of Florida Man. It's not disappointing to me. Uh, I mean, I, I say I feel like I say this every week that there's always just something in the title like the Florida Man is stabbed you're like that sucks okay yeah. but the guy has no arms and there's just always something like that little ink that just adds to it that there's just that that little just extra bit of of florida now don't get me wrong i love florida beaches are spectacular not been to the miami area before would be fun to be there yes (laughs) but man yeah florida florida doesn't disappoint beaches or their stories well Homeless men with no arms. 
wow, two sites I want to see. <laughs> I love this. I love this segment. I love everything about it. Um, yay! Well, that was episode ten. Definitely did not disappoint. So before you do this, um, okay. <laughs> I'm going rogue here, and you don't know what I'm about to Nervous. do. Um, so with this being episode 10, okay. uh, this popped into my mind about episode 8, oh, and no. I'm going to make you cry. Oh, no. Because this is happy. Oh, okay. Um, so Sam does a whole bunch more than what I do for here no, for this what? podcast. What's yes. Haha. I'm hijacking the show. <laughs> um, and she puts, I honestly don't know how many hours, and I don't want to know how many hours she puts into this. Because, number one, it's a little weird. <laughs> Always a backhanded compliment with me. You're welcome. So, yes. So, thank you for this fun experience. No, we're not going away. This isn't my signing Ten off. Ten and done. Ten, Ten and, done. and done. I'm out of here. <laughs> but, no. So, I just wanted to thank you. Um, obviously, people are listening across the globe now. Literally. Even more so now. Worldwide. So that's very fun. Uh, it's very cool for me to see the all the episode numbers pour in and hopefully more and keep coming more and keep growing that audience. So, Sam, thank you. Aww. So there you go. Aww. <laughs> this is <laughs> me and Stephen are like the least sappy people in our right. friend group. <laughs> That's why we get along so well. So little things like that. He's like talking to the wall. He's not even looking at me. He's like, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, but yo, I mean, you're one of my best friends. So there's literally nobody I, else. I am your best friend. I know. <laughs> it's <true>. okay. <laughs> so there's literally, literally nobody else that is weird enough to do this with me and come along and talk about... <laughs> murders together murders crimes and, <laughs> and your man everything in between <laughs> um but no thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for letting us do this um and like i said we've gotten a hundred more people who have listened to an episode in a week so these numbers keep growing and they keep going and it's wild um and it's super fun to wake up every morning and see that's the that's the first thing I do now. I check how many listens we right. have. That's probably not a good thing for me, but whatever. <laughs> um, but thank you for coming back and t- continuing to come back. Um, and make sure if you if you have listened to a good chunk of our episodes or all of our episodes, like some of you might have, tell your friends about it. Yes. Especially if they like stuff, you know, on this type of genre. Uh, it's a very growing genre. It's like six out of the top yeah. 10 on itunes podcast and i'm sure elsewhere it's very high everywhere else so yeah speaking of pack podcast podcast um go rate us on apple podcast um five stars only please um it helps us get our podcast out there more actually right. believe it or not and then make sure to follow us on social medias um that's a great uh, another great place that we like seeing numbers grow um and then we have an email that you can email crime suggestions to um at crimeologypod at gmail.com and if you want to leave us a voice message um we might have one in a couple weeks where we just kind of go back if you guys you know send some stuff in like a bonus episode and kind of yeah just do a just do a review look back at some of our other episodes and you've seen that we have people on the podcast and if that's something that you want to do we're open to it um 
like like you've heard before, we sometimes record weeks out in advance, so it's not something that you know you have to do now. We can plan things out so much longer in advance. Um, but yeah, so we've got everything. We've got all the things. Make sure you do all the things. Follow all the things. Um, Listen to all the things. Yes, please. Um, and just like thank you for letting us do do this and thanks and, for listening yes um signing off this is sam this is steven and this is chronology.